Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. 1 John 5, 13. There's some heavy stuff in here. If you've noticed, um, this was the disciple or apostle closest to Jesus. Scripture says he laid his head on Jesus' chest. He was arguably the youngest disciple at the time. Some believe he was a young teenager, and he was close to Jesus, kind of like a father figure. So, man, he, he knew things. Can you imagine laying your head on the chest of Jesus and hearing his heartbeat? <laughs> Golly. And, you know, these guys in the Middle East, they kiss on the cheek. Can you imagine kissing the face of God? It just, just incredible to me. It just touches my heart. But this guy was, he was, he was, you know, there were the crowds, right? They showed up for the fish fry, right? They'd show up for the fish and the loaves and say, praise God, this is great. Blessed be, man, I'm healed. There was free food. There was a buffet. Great. There were the crowds, the multitudes. Then there was the 70, right? Remember the 70? He sent them out to cast out devils and to speak of the kingdom of God. And then there was the 12, right? And among the 12, there was Peter, James, and John, the inner circle. And then among Peter, James, and John, there was John who physically sat closer to Jesus even and laid his head against Jesus. And he, he talks about himself, and he does it in a pretty humble way, but he says, the disciple that Jesus loved. Wow. Can you imagine that? The disciple that Jesus loved. He loved them all, but man, they were close. So it's very, very special. And this same guy is writing this letter to the churches, all right? This is an epistle. So this is for believers. Someone say for believers. You get to... You get to Romans, that's the beginning of the epistles. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? The Gospels, that's for all of us. But especially for those who are getting to know Jesus, man, and we, we read it as often as we can. I read through it every year, the Gospels. But you got the Gospels, the salvation message, and then you got Acts, the history book of the early apostles and the early church, the men and women of God preaching the word and how the church began, right? Our spiritual ancestors, Talks about persecution, man. Our people were thrown to the lions and all this other stuff and persecuted. And, you know, you just see some of the history there and the persecutions and the, the, the stonings and all this crazy stuff. But then after Acts, you get into Romans and it's letters to the churches. And that's what this is. So let's look. Let's dig in right here. The Apostle John, John the Divine, John the Beloved, he says, I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Is that you tonight? It is. It is. I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. That's a great reminder. And we are confident, ooh, I'm going to linger here. We are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. I've heard some crazy prayers before. I've heard, I've heard of them and I've heard them. I've had people say, man, agree with me about this crazy thing. And you know, you guys have heard the story. Most of you have. You know how it is. If you've been in here any number of years, you know most of my stuff, right? But, <laughs> but my dad tells a story of when he was a young pastor. I, he was definitely younger than me at this age. Um, he was probably, I don't know if he was in his 20s. He could have been in his late 20s. 
But a lady came to him and said, Pastor, would you pray with me? He said, sure. What can I agree with you about? She said, please be in agreement with me that God will kill my husband. Some of you have heard that story. It's not funny to you anymore. It's still funny to me every time I tell it. And Dad said, what? So that is not something that would please God, right? Logically. I like that example because it's so off the wall and crazy, and it comes from a good source, my dad. So he said, what? She, I guess she wanted God to kill her husband so she could get a, a younger guy. That's not very scriptural, is it? Not very loving. She's obviously not praying for something that pleases God. It says here, we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Let me just tell you right now, it pleases God to deal with certain areas of your life if you give him access. I'm telling you, that seems to me that that's one of the fastest prayers he's always answered me about. Is, Lord, deal with me in this area. Okay, you gave me the green light. I'm going to work on you then. Oh, Lord, why is this happening? Well, you asked. You asked. And, man, I need it. I have areas of my life God is working on, and I, I receive it wholeheartedly. I believe it's not always fun or comfortable but i know he's working on me and it's his will is best we're confident he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him you think that it pleases god for you to have your own home sure a debt-free car yes that's not evil one of my favorite things that i like to say to people i was talking to a guy that goes to a pentecostal church here in town today and we didn't we didn't agree about women being able to minister and stuff completely and he was a loving guy. He was young, and, but he had some interesting beliefs. I'm not going to go into all of them. But I like this guy, and I'm old enough to be his dad by far. He's 22. And uh, we were talking, and, and I just thought, man, here we are talking about the Word, and we have such different perspectives. But I do know that when we pray according to his will, he hears both of us. We agree on Jesus. We agree on the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And we had a very friendly discussion. It wasn't a debate. I was asking him questions. I was messing with him a little bit. What about this? What about that? And it's amazing to me. <laughs> it's amazing to me that even with all of our different beliefs and our different belief systems, I don't have to be right. You don't have to be right or whatever. But I do know this, that we've got to be accurate on this is what who God is and what his will is is his will that we all be saved yes and I told the guy today I said hey you believe like you believe and that's how you run your household and I said it's legal and it's moral more power to you y'all do that that's between you and God and there's a blessing on you because you read the word y'all go in peace but I'm going to tell you right now I don't have to agree with everybody to know this fact, beyond fact, it's the truth, that God will hear me if I pray according to his will, what I see his word as, if I'm praying according to his will. God will always bless me. God will bless whoever that, and he'll honor, he will honor his word if we pray according to his will. Someone say according to his will. Me and this young man, we didn't agree on everything, but I, I thought, man, this guy can pray according to God's will, and God hears him. He loves God. He has a different viewpoint. God bless him. Same here. And he's looking at me probably thinking the same thing. Well, you can't be right. <laughs> you know, you can't be completely right about all that. But I do know this. I do know God's will is to take care of his people. 
I do know God's will is to spend time with us. I do know God's will is to heal us. I do know God's will is, and he's already done it, we just have to receive the Holy Spirit. I do know God's will is for us to walk in unity. You say, what is God's will? It's his word. You want to please God? Pray his word. If you've never been involved in this, you need to get you a copy off Amazon.com or wherever. Even Mardell probably carries them. But prayers that avail much. And it's praying scripture. Praying, if you're not married, praying for a husband or wife. Once again, if you are married, don't pray for a new husband or new wife, right? I don't think that's pleasing to God. But you pray for your husband or wife, but if you're not married, you can pray for God to send you the right one, but you can pray for all kinds of stuff, man, fear, all these things, and it's called prayers that avail much. And they're just prayers written with God's Word. Prayers that avail much. They have all kinds of them. Get the original edition, man. It has all kinds of stuff. Prayers for women, prayers for men, prayers for healing, prayers for the impossible one, prayers for... um, uh, a real estate deal, selling a home for needs, all these things. And I know that those things please God because those prayers are based on God's Word. Someone say God's Word. Another aspect I liked about talking to this young man today, because I didn't know. I didn't know where he stood, but I said, I have a challenge for you. Have you ever read through your Bible? He goes, and he looked at me kind of like I was crazy, and it threw me off because yeah, he's, he's read through his Bible. He's 22. And I said, oh, really? He goes, yeah. And I started over. I'm in Malachi now, he told me. I said, praise God. He said, yeah, I read three chapters a day. I said, me too. The exciting thing about that is, no matter how we believe, no matter which church we go to, unless, you guys have heard me say, unless it's a cult that denies that Jesus is Lord or denies the Holy Spirit, that there's problems with those you go to a church that preaches the word whether we agree or disagree i know this that if you're reading the word god's going to speak to you if i'm reading the word god's going to speak to me and i also learned by reading the word that it's not in god's heart for me to be hard on people if we don't agree even if it's plain to me in scripture we've still we're called to love each other and you really want to please god Ask for God to bring love and unity to a situation. God loves that. Scripture says in Psalm 133 that unity is where God commands the blessing. He blesses unity. Strife, man, there's jealousy in every evil work, it says in the New Testament. You don't want to be in disagreements and strife. You don't do that. That attracts demons. So we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. What else pleases him? Praying a blessing over someone. Like I said, being debt-free salvation, healing, except uh, receiving the Spirit of God. All these things please God. His will is here and He wants to bless you. And since we know, I love this, and since we know He hears us when we make our requests, we also know that He will give us what we ask for. So He hears you if you ask Him things that please Him. And since we know He hears us, we also know that He will give us what we ask for. Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will give it to you. Well, anything according to his will, right? Scripture explains scripture. You won't ask for crazy stuff. Since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. How many of you are asking God for something right now? Go ahead and raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Somebody say, oh, yes. Uh-huh. And yeah, I know we, we're believing God that it happens tonight for you in Jesus' name. But it may be next week, it may be in a few months. But he's heard you. 
You know what I love? In the Old Testament, Scripture says that Daniel, King James, he afflicted himself. He wasn't eating pleasant food. You know, he went on what we call a Daniel's fast. So no meat, no sweets, I'm sure. Um, You know, just vegetables, those are exciting. I don't even know if he salted them. I like vegetables, but some people are really exciting to them. You know, I mean, I'll eat Brussels sprouts. I don't even like them, but just salt them. They're fine. But he was on a 21-day fast, and his prayer wasn't getting answered. But I love it when an angel showed up and said, Hey, Daniel, highly beloved of God, favorite of God, God heard your request the moment you made it. But he said, I got tied up in the spirit realm. There were demons and spiritual princes in high places. We know he hears us when we make our requests, especially if you're praying according to God's will. So I want you to think about that. Say, man, am I praying according to God's will? Get into his word. You'll know what his will is. And once again, let me say this for everybody listening tonight on the live stream and in the house. If, if you don't have prayers that avail much, get you a copy. It, will, it is life-changing if you pray through those prayers. In fact, I need to start praying through some of those again myself. It's been a while. They're so, so powerful because it's all word. The prayers based on the word. Just, you're praying the word. Since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. We're asking according to his will. Now, this, this is going to get a little sticky right here. Are you guys with me? This is an interesting text. There's different ways of taking this. I'm going to talk to you about two ways that this could, this could be exactly true. And it could be both ways. If you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, say, what? Doesn't all sin lead to death? Yes, but ultimate, ultimate death or separation from God. All right? If you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give that person life. Hmm. But there is a sin that leads to death, and I'm not saying you should pray for those who commit it. That's kind of mysterious, isn't it? There's two ways you can take this. It could work for both ways or one of each of these ways. Here's how I look at it. Growing up, reading this in different translations, I always believed that the sin that leads to death is blaspheming the Holy Spirit, according to what Jesus said, right? We call it the unpardonable sin. Talking out loud with your mouth and speaking against the Holy Spirit of God. You say, what level, um, what do you say? That I don't know, but Jesus warned. He warned Pharisees. They were attributing things he was doing by the Spirit of God to the devil, right? You remember that? Now, before we go on, I want to tell you something so you don't need to worry, all right? If you've ever worried and said, man, did I, did I speak out against the Spirit of God? Did I displease Him? If you're worried about it, then you did not. Does that make sense? Because if God took His Spirit from you, you wouldn't give a, a rip about anything. You'd be a, such a lost devil. Do you hear me? I remember growing up asking my parents about that. I said, man, did I, you know, just worried? Did I blaspheme the Holy Spirit? And my dad was like, if you did, you wouldn't be here right now. You'd be an absolute nut. You'd be a reprobate. You wouldn't care what God thought because God would no longer be able to reach your heart. Okay? So if you're ever worried about that, say, man, did I blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Uh, No, you're here on a Wednesday night caring about what God cares about, thinking about God, concerned that you may have offended Him. Maybe even tonight you all were repenting of your sins. Well, that just proves that you have not offended the Spirit of God beyond repair. Okay? 
Now, we don't want to grieve the Spirit of God. We apologize. We tell the Lord we're sorry for stuff. But I believe one of the sins that leads to death, well, this is the sin that leads to death, we know for sure in separation from God is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Others, when reading a commentary about this, other old-time prophets and preachers, they said, yeah, well, this is also for those that are continually rebellious and they just keep rebelling and playing games with God. I've always had a holy fear of that and said, Lord, I'm not going to take you to the limit because what if you stop calling me? What if you stop speaking to my heart? So I'm not going to, because I've seen people like that that were just so rebellious. They don't listen, they don't listen, they don't listen. And I've, I've heard men and women of God say, you know what? God told me to not even pray for them anymore. That's a scary place to be. I've had people in my life where I said, I'm, man, they're giving everybody such a hard time. I'm not praying for them anymore. Like my mother-in-law says, I just call her Mom Brown. She says, go with God. Go with God. And, and it doesn't mean they're done. You can just say sometimes, you ever done praying for someone? You say, that's it, that's it, that's it. I wash my hands. Just let God deal with them. Turn them over to God. God can handle people. Does he know how to get to people? Oh, man, does he? So let's read that whole verse again. If you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray, and God will give that person life. Well, most of the time, honestly, the majority of the time, you're going to pray for believers that are sinning just because there's hope and there's a chance for them, right? You pray for people that are in the wrong. This, is, this says a fellow believer sinning, okay? This is for believers. Believers that are in rebellion, believers that have that are in sin. You say, man, I, I know they love God. What are they doing doing that right now? Hey, pray for them. Pray for them. You should pray, and God will give that person life. But there is a sin that leads to death, and I'm not saying you should pray for those who commit it. God has to speak to you. I don't. You will know when God says, no, nah, don't pray for them anymore. You just let me deal with them. Don't even pray for them anymore. And God may speak to you like that in the future. That's a tough place to be. Let's, let's move on. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death or ultimately to death. Okay? Scripture explains Scripture. So look at this next verse. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely and the evil one cannot touch them. Now, if you're a true believer, you don't just make a habit of sinning and doing certain stuff repetitively. We're going to have weaknesses. God has mercy your situation is unique, yes, yes, yes to all that, but you don't just willfully sin and go, well, I'm going to just do this. I know this is wrong. I'm going to do it, and I'll just ask for forgiveness later. You don't make a habit of that. That is not good. You don't, you don't spit on the blood of Jesus, okay? We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning. How many of you have felt convicted about something even within the last week? I have. I said, Lord, oh, man, I'm sorry. You look, look on something you did or said or you had something in your heart or how you acted. You said, man, Lord, just, did, just deal with me. There's that scary prayer, right? Work on me, Lord. We know God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. Let's keep going. We know that we are children of God. Someone say, we know. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Do you agree with that statement? School shootings, mall shootings. Uh, was, it, was it yesterday kids went in and robbed a bunch of ammo from Big Five? That, that just proves the world around us is under the control of the evil one. I pray that God deal with those kids and save them. I pray that it all turns up too. 
God, you protect your people in this town and deal with those kids. I don't know. How many were there? Were there two of them? Double trouble, huh? How many? There were more than two. Wow. Did did they hold them up at gunpoint or they just kind of? Stealing rounds of ammo. Look, we know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Did you know the more the world gets bad, I was going to say badder, worser and worser, our father-in-law says it's getting worser and worser, you are more of a light out there. You know, in this room, you say, well, we all serve God. Well, our light shines. It's just like all these lights in the ceiling. You go, wow, those are bright lights, but you really want to see a bright light? Turn off all the lights and have one shine. And you go, wow, that is a really bright light. When you're among the world, Scripture says we are in this world, but not of this world. You let your light shine before mankind. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You reflect his light. And you show his light. His light is within you. And man, stuff going on, man, the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Oh, yes, I guarantee it. Strange example. Abortion is legal in many places, but you cannot discard a child after they're born. Isn't that strange? A girl just got in trouble for that, which obviously that's wrong. They put the baby in the dumpster whenever that was, early 22 or whenever that was. But isn't it strange? It's like the laws are conflicting. And then you, if, if a homicide happens to a woman carrying a child, then it's a double homicide. But then you can abort the baby. See, it's just really strange stuff. We know we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. If you see stuff that doesn't make sense, it's because look who's in control. If people have not submitted their lives to God, then Satan still has permission to be the God of this world with a little g and control lives and do all kinds of crazy stuff. You say, they did that action. It doesn't make sense. Perversion has twisted their mind. You ever seen someone do something and you go, that doesn't make any sense that they did that. Why would they do that? It makes no sense, a twisted mind from perversion. Now, there's hope for people, but we know we're children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. So you continue to be a light. Can you continue to forgive and pray and walk in love and do the basics? And continue being a light. Let's move on. And we know that the Son of God has come and He has given us understanding so that we can, what? Know the true God. Is that good news? Huh. See, how is that? Well, Jesus told Philip, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, he obviously wasn't in all of God's glory. or We couldn't lay eyes on him, or they couldn't have. But he was God made flesh. He was God come in the flesh. And so he showed up, and people said, oh, this is how God is, because we know how Jesus is. You look at the red letters and the, the life of Jesus and the things he said and did, and you go, oh, that's the character of God. Forgiving, loving, strong, not afraid to rebuke, bold, fearless, but man, laying down truth after truth after truth, making accurate prophecies, healing the sick, that is all God's character. We know that the Son of God has come, and He has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship. Somebody say, and now. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ. That's you, that's me. He is the only true God. 
and he is eternal life. You study the gods with a little g, you know, like mythology and stuff. Roman, Greek, and all these other strange gods that people worship. And, and just notice, even if you studied a little bit, it's always very perverted. It's not divine having attributes of God. It's the gods with the little g were worse than humans. Killing each other and, and sleeping around and doing awful things and just crazy stuff. Demonic. Because gods with a little g are demonic. That whole, there is only one true God. That's it. The true God, because we live in fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the only true God, and He is eternal life. There's no eternal life in the Greek mythology, in the Roman mythology. You study the gods of Assyria and Babylon and all this stuff, weird, creepy, demonic, and perverted stuff. And that's not God. He is pure. He's holy. He's different. And He's called us to be the same way. Dear children, and we finish up 1 John. 1 John 5.21, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Let's leave that up there just a moment. In the Greek it says, keep yourselves from idols. An idol is anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Anything you, that you worship above God. Keep away from anything that is a distraction. Keep away from anything that would like to sit on the throne of your heart instead of God. All right? Any questions tonight? Right at 6.45. Praise God. Any questions? You sure? Okay, your last chance will be right after church, and you can ask me if you don't want to ask in here. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please. I think I know the answer to this. Let's see. Is there anyone in this house that has never accepted Jesus or made him their Lord? Would you raise your hand straight in the air and I'm, we're going to pray with you? You say, man, I don't know where I go. If I, if I died, I don't know where I'd go. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. If not, let's pray together in case there's someone listening on the live stream that needs to hear this. Let's pray the prayer of salvation together. Say, Heavenly Father, I call on you because I need you. I can't save myself. Apart from you, I am a sinner. So please forgive me for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I'm so sorry. See, I confess and believe that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of my life. He's the only way to heaven. See, I also believe that Jesus died and rose again on the third day to wipe away my sin and to cleanse me, and to save me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I believe your word, and I place my trust in you.